What is up, guys? Uh, welcome to the latest episode of the Jags Den podcast through the Jaguars Wire. I am your host, Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil, Phil the Filipino, joined in, as always, with our uh, Jaguar guru, James Johnson, as well as Jacob DeLawrence. Gentlemen, how's it going? How are y'all doing today? Good, my man. Can't complain, man. Ready to talk some football because it's uh, it's been a while, man, and like I've been building up some anxiety to get on the radio, man, so I'm ready for this. Doing good over here, man. Uh, looking forward to training camp about uh, a little less than two weeks away. And, uh, let's get the show on the road. It's time for that uh, He Hate Me campaign for Blake Bortles. <laughs> and it's time to take over the – oh, we already have. I was about to say time to take over the airwaves of the best Jags podcast out there. But we've we, already done we that. that. <laughs> we've done that. <laughs> That's already that's already happened. So um, also, um, I think I speak on behalf of everybody here at the Jaguars Wire, uh, wishing Jacob a very uh, happy belated birthday. Hope it was a good one, man. Happy thank birthday! You, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, nice chill day. Went out to dinner with my girl. You know, good times. Good, good. The older you get, the less extravagant it gets, and that's I don't know about you guys. I think that's perfectly fine. So I'm I'm all up for all up for that. So that sounds sounds good, man. Glad you had a good day. So uh, we have a. Um, even though it's the off season, we have quite a bit we want to get into. A couple of different topics from some of the articles we've uh, uh, posted here over the last couple of weeks. Um, also, want to mention that uh, if you if you uh, um, you can always catch this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Audio Boom. Um, what we're going to talk today a little bit about is um, Nate Burleson's prediction that Leonard Fournette is going to win Rookie of the Year. Also, some interesting uh, interesting. Um, uh, um, statements coming from Pete Prisco uh, on the uh, the future of the Jaguars. We're going to touch a little bit on the quarterback, the future of the quarterback situation, which I think will be quite animated and should be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to that. And then also some um, some more uh, um, some more talk on some of our free agent acquisitions and who we think is going to have the biggest impact uh, between all of them. But first, what we want to talk about here is, as I already just mentioned, Nate Burleson. Uh, former wide receiver, Minnesota Vikings, believes that Leonard Fournette is going to win the Rookie of the Year um, and amass 1,500 yards rushing a lot to go alongside 15 touchdowns. Um, what do you guys think about that? I mean, those are some pretty lofty predictions. I would love to see it. Is it a little far-fetched? Do you guys think he's going to be the Rookie of the Year? Uh, that is absurd. For one, and um, I like Nate Burleson, and he's a guy that has a lot of faith in the Jaguars from NFL Network, kind of like Ike Taylor. So um, I can appreciate that. But uh, yeah, that is definitely absurd. I don't know if like he thinks this is the second coming of AP, and um, if it is, you know that that means that Leonard Fournette doesn't necessarily need a good line; he just needs an adequate line, which AP has gotten by with over the years. And um. If he, he did amass 1,500 yards, he would certainly be reminiscent of AP, but I don't think that'll happen. I'm thinking more along the lines of 1,000-ish and maybe along the lines of 8 to 10 touchdowns, personally. That's just for now. That might change when the regular season or the the preseason is over with. But, um, yeah, I'm thinking more along the lines of that 1,000 and uh, that, that 10 mark in terms of touchdowns. Uh, so, uh, Jacob, how you feeling on that? <laughs> Wait, he's serious, right? <laughs> he was dead serious. <laughs> oh my god, I should have sent y'all the link too of like his face when he said this on Good Morning Football. It was just it was like this guy really believes this. Oh man. All right, <laughs> we can clearly tell uh Nate had one too many concussions that did not go diagnosed. 
That being said, saying 1,500 yards, I just had to double check because I was like, those are like Ezekiel Elliott numbers. And Zeke put up 1,600 yards, averaged five yards, carried 15 touchdowns, and had one receiving touchdown. And he's running behind the best line, arguably, in the league. That's not happening for Fournette. I'm kind of right there with you. I say give him about 1,000 yards, right about – Eight touchdowns, because you got to figure either Yeldon or Ivory's going to take a couple touchdowns from him, and it's going to take carries from him. So, right, I give him, I give him two hundred fifty attempts, about eleven hundred yards, and we'll say he gets nine rushing touchdowns and he catches two out the backfield. Okay, yeah, that, that's respectable. And I mean, on the rookie of the year thing, I I'll give him that. I think. He can win rookie of the year, and I think he has a high percentage chance to do it. And um, I mean, especially when you look, I feel like he's going to do it. uh, How should I put this? He's going to do it in a um, in a great fashion. You know what I'm saying? He's going to have a lot of long runs and like he did much at LSU. And I I just think it's going to be like more like a highlight riddle type of season, if you will. And but. Nonetheless, he still I don't still think he will amass the 1,500 mark, if that makes sense. I think I think that he's capable of doing it eventually. But like you got to look at the circumstance because the line is so bad and you don't know what's going to happen there. So these numbers are just absurd. I would do we all want to see it? Of course. But who's he who's gonna block for him you know there's only so much he can there's only so many tackles he can break so Mm -hmm. uh, i think he definitely will be a candidate for offensive rookie of the year for sure but to say that he'll put up these kind of numbers is kind of absurd um if he were in dallas or in oakland then yeah absolutely that would say yeah that's probably that's probably about because i think i think all any one of us could run for probably 1200 yards in oakland or (laughs) or dallas right because of that uh but these numbers are just crazy so I, I definitely don't think he'll amass that kind of number those kind of numbers but offensive rookie of the year i don't think is out of the question but it, it seems like offensive rookie of the year it's you know a lot of times it's just a crapshoot you know you look at the top guys and you never know it's it's somebody that you don't really expect you know last year it wasn't you know it didn't happen that way but you know guys win this thing all the time that kind of come out of nowhere um on both sides offensive and defensive rookie of the year so um it'll be interesting i i uh, i definitely hope that he puts up Big numbers, and I loved. I think eventually, maybe this isn't out of the realm of possibility, but for right now, it's just kind of ridiculous. But um, you know, thanks for the support, Nate. I guess you know we got to take it where we. <laughs> so yeah, real quick, I want to chime in on something you said too, which which is right. You you're right. The offensive line isn't good in run blocking. That's the problem. Now, like I do want to address the, the you know people people assume that the Jaguars' offensive line isn't good entirely. Which kind of isn't true. They are a serviceable pass blocking team. That's the problem, though. They are good at pass blocking. Uh, when you look at their averages at PFF, especially, that that's telling of why they are quote unquote rated as a average line. But when you account for their run blocking ability, that's where the issue lies, and that would concern Leonard Fournette. So yeah, I, I think, like you said, Phil, the line in terms of a run blocking line is just not there, at least not yet. <laughs> It's not even just that. You have to look at uh, Ezekiel. He put up those numbers. He spent half his year playing in a dome, basically. Right. Fournette has, what, one game that's a definite 
division going to Houston. Indy, uh, Houston. Houston, Indy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jar did his games. He's going to be in the goes. elements. Yeah. And when he goes into playoffs, right? Am I right? <laughs> playoffs? Playoffs? <laughs> Hey, Eddie Lacy won one of these things, so anybody can do it. So, <laughs> yeah, Eddie Lacy, you're right. He did that five. full of hoagies and full of Philly cheese sandwiches. <laughs> so, you, yeah, it, it is possible when you look at it that way, Phil. I, I would, I would love for somebody just unexpected, unexpected to win it, like um, that tight end Cleveland drafted. What was that guy in Joku? Is that who they draft? I would love to see somebody just random win the win that Rookie of the Year award. Um, but who knows? Maybe like the maybe the the expectations for us are so low that anything Leonard Fournette does will will give him votes. You know what I mean? So maybe it will just be so bad that anything that he does will just be so great that they give him the award. So <laughs> a twenty yard one one touchdown season might cut it, right? Yeah, I mean, great. I mean, given everybody else, you know that episode of Family Guy where where Stewie kicks a soccer ball and then he goes into like his school's hall of fame for like best soccer player ever. <laughs> yeah. That's what, <laughs> that's what it will be for, <laughs> for Leonard Fournette. Wow. So, wow. Well, we're getting a little off topic here guys, but I think the consensus across the board from all three of us is we don't expect those kind of numbers, but we definitely expect him to be very successful, even though across the board from everybody here on, on the Jaguars wire, we're a little bit mixed opinions on that draft pick, but um, we we uh, would love to see uh, see somebody in house bring home some hardware, which would be great. So what we want to touch uh, touch on here next is a, a statement made by Pete Prisco that kind of uh, turned some heads and sparked some conversation. Um, we really like to discuss. I'm going to read you uh, this statement here from uh, from him. He said uh, I wanted to do a story, and and you know that this is something that I do not believe. I don't believe that you run the football to win. You know that. But I believe uh, Titans DM John Robinson might be onto something there. And the reason I say that, and they might be onto something here in Jacksonville, with defenses getting so small and fast, the teams that kind of flip over, particularly if you don't have a franchise Tom Brady, a franchise quarterback Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, um, the ones that flip over and start playing that way might – have a leg up for a couple of years on the ones that don't um, pretty much what he's saying is he believes that the Jaguars and Titans smash mouth style of football could take the lead by storm because defenses are getting so small and they're using those hybrid linebackers, linebackers and safeties. Um, what we want to talk about is uh, whether we believe that the Jag style could make them uh, a similar phenomenon, like the 49ers rushing attack when Jim Harbaugh was there. We all remember how much success that team had in that little run they went on before everything just kind of fell apart. So, what do you guys think uh, about about what Prisco had to say on maybe the Jaguars? The the way that they're going is going to be uh, is going to lead to success here going forward. Um, yeah, I I understand what he's saying definitely, and I guess this goes back to what we were saying or what I was saying about the Jags as a run blocking unit. A lot of that varies on them, you know, and and what they do which is a big reason i want to see cam robinson a part of that line particularly at guard but it'd be fine at tackle as well because he embodies that type of style that you need in the interior to beat these type of hybrid offenses or defenses should i say so i mean i think it's a possibility i don't know that we'll take the lead by storm yet at least like per se the 49ers did um i think 
as much as it pains me to say this, the Titans might be better equipped to do it quicker than us um, when looking at their offensive line with um, Taylor Lewan and, and those guys. You know, their offensive line is top five, in my opinion, unfortunately, in the league. So, I mean, yeah, the, he makes a good case for the Titans, and I can see why he wants to go to their camp and check those guys out. Um, but um, like I say, a lot of that would depend for Jacksonville on our offensive line and and can they run block better. So um, Coach Pat Flaherty, our offensive line coach, said we will, quote, this is his quote, we will run block efficiently so or something to that effect. So, like, that's going to be a point of emphasis from him. Of course, Tom Coughlin and, of course, Doug Marone. It's just a matter of uh, will it translate. I mean, I definitely agree that looking at this, the Titans do have a leg up. They have a better line. They have a better duo of backs. As far as we go, it's going to be, we know Fournette's number one. It's going to be who's number two. Who's the pair? Who's the second one? Is it going to be Yeldon or is it going to be Ivory? And I feel like, like you mentioned with Cam and the line getting it together, that's important. But also having that second back is going to be just as important because, Fournette put up a lot of mileage at LSU, a lot. And then to come in and play a 16-game schedule, he's going to need some help. So for us to be able to take the league by storm with a run game, we have to get a quality second back in there with him. Right, right. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, it's so important to see who that second guy is going to be. Um, they, they ran the guy into the ground and, and you know, at LSU, and, you know, that, that was – that's just how they've played football down there for the longest time. Um, I, I definitely get what he's saying. Um, but just like you guys did not just to echo what you guys have already said, the Titans are just so much more better equipped and it just pains me to say, because I cannot stand the Titans. They are the, my, they are definitely the most hated rival of this team. I was at that 99 AFC championship game where they just broke my heart all year long. Um, that team should have gone undefeated. I was still, that's I'm, Never mind. Um, but yeah, the Titans are, it's too, it's too soon. It's been 18 years. I still can't talk about it. Um, but yeah, the Titans are much more, more, uh, more better equipped for, for what he is talking about here. I definitely get what he is saying. Um, just, it's just hard to where we're at when we've already talked about this in previous, uh, previous episodes where it's just so hard to put any kind of faith in this team right now because they haven't earned it. They, you know, and, and, and uh, hopefully we'll see some kind of something trending in the right direction this year. So I don't know. Well, I, I guess, uh, I guess we'll see, but, uh, I definitely understand, you know, where, where he's coming from, but time will tell. Yeah. I got a question on this too for y'all while we're on it. Um, you know, a, a key part of that rushing attack for the 49ers was Colin Kaepernick and, you know, a bit of the, his ability to scramble and the alignments they made caught teens off guard with the pistol formation, uh, this, that, and the other. Do y'all think like Blake Bortles could be used more in the run game this year? And you think that could help the Jaguars in terms of a rushing offense? If, you know, take some people by surprise and whatnot. Um, are we trying to speed up the replace Blake, uh, Blake Bortles process here? Because if we're trying <laughs> to do that, sure yeah. Run. I mean, I don't think he doesn't. If only there was a guy like Colin Kaepernick available in free agency right now um, that looks like him, talks like him, acts like him, has the same name. If only there was a guy like Colin Kaepernick available right now. 
but you know, that's a topic for another day. But I mean, Blake has shown in the past that he can, he can run. Um, and I don't think he does it. He does it enough. Um, cause as of right now, teams don't really, no one's really scheming for it. I don't think because when he, when he rips off a run, like you guys have seen it, they're usually for pretty solid gains. True. I feel like he can scramble that he can't run, but he can scramble. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like a lot of those like fake sweeps, he gets a lot of good yardage on those. And I feel like it's been underutilized, so to speak. I mean, not saying he's going to run away for like 40 yards, but they normally are eight yard gains. And, you know, he, he after that, you know, he has to get down because the defense then caught up with him by then. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, like they I do feel like they should use him more in the run game. I mean, if he's smart with the ball when he runs. I mean, and typically he is. He does get down and he don't take hits because he don't have a choice. But, um, I mean, I, I really think that that would help if they started to utilize that more, in my opinion. Yeah, see, Bortles, when I think Bortles run, I put him in the group of quarterbacks with, like, Jameis and Matt Ryan and Flacco. Like, they can move if they have to scramble, but I'm not trusting them to pull and run. Whereas if it was like Wilson or Deshaun Watson, assuming his game translates, or Rodgers run, I know I can call a quarterback run with them. Right, right. Like, Bortles is in the middle pack. He's not like Tom Brady bad, but he's not Wilson good. He's right there in the middle. If you're talking about the bottom of the totem pole in terms of scrambling, <laughs> I wouldn't even say Tom Brady, but I think the worst at that is Phillip Rivers. But I, I digress from my point. If anybody has ever seen Phillip Rivers. Rivers doesn't even try. He just goes down now. It's scary. Dude, I saw one scramble. And once again, I'm getting off topic where he they were like two yards away from the goal line. And it took him 20 seconds to get there in the open <laughs> field, dude. Like it was so sluggish and ugly. Like, dude. Like, I changed the channel and went to another game and came back, and he still went, like, in the end zone. I was like, what the? Yeah. He, but he yeah, scored. He scored. Bad. And what was crazy about it, like, he could have scored without Many years later. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like SpongeBob. <laughs> but it, he could have scored, like, untouched. And, like, he ended up barely getting into the red zone or the end zone, should I say, with, like, five dudes on him. Like, it was just the most ridiculous thing i ever seen in my life, man. Well, if it took him that long to get in the end zone, take, think about how long it's going to take him to get from San Diego to L.A. hey <laughs> All right. Sorry. Sorry, Dr. Sorry, man. Um, anyway, well, speaking of, well, that'll actually lead into a very nice segue about the quarterback, um, one Blake Bortles. Um, we want to maybe getting a little ahead of ourselves, but it's a fun conversation to have because it's the offseason. There's not really a lot to talk about. So um, we believe that there's going to be some pretty good options if Blake Bortles, I say if, italicize. I don't know how you italicize something when you're just talking about it. Um, <laughs> if slash when. Blake Bortles <laughs> fails here in Jacksonville. Um, we, we may have a couple of routes that we can go. Um, Daniel Jeremiah recently uh, labeled us as a fit for Lamar Jackson, um, the big college standout Heisman Trophy winner from, from Louisville um, here in Jacksonville. I don't know about that. We'll touch on that here in a second. Um, also, there's the Kirk Cousins situation. ESPN thinks that maybe we're one of the teams that could uh, be suitors for him. 
Um, <laughs> you just have to believe that Washington can't keep paying him that kind of money. When you talk about a franchise in disarray, at least we're not that. At least that's not going on because how they've mismanaged that situation is just – we could do a whole hour on that, guys, on the Redskins and what they've done um, because it's, it's insane. And also there's a potential of Drew Brees. I don't know if you guys heard of him. He's pretty good. Um, hitting the market. He has a no tag clause in his contract. He actually played under Doug Marone um, back around 2008 with New Orleans. So touch on that, guys. What do you think? Lamar Jackson here, Kirk Cousins, Drew Brees, somebody maybe we're not talking about. What do you think the Jaguars you know, could, could possibly do in uh, quarterback here um, going forward? I guess I'll start with Jackson and then I'll let uh, Jacob talk on him because you know, me and him are pretty familiar with Jackson. Um, you know, Jacob lives in Tallahassee with, with the nose and whatnot. So, you know, he's familiar with him in the ACC. And, of course, I just I watch a lot of films. So, <laughs> uh, Jackson, right now, I've seen about uh, four tapes on him. I'm not that high on him as a passer. A very dynamic runner, no doubt about that. But um, his accuracy as a passer is very questionable. And um, I, I have this theory, especially after watching the Jags draft quarterbacks over the years, it's kind of a thing of trial and error. Uh, one thing that you don't want to draft and hope that a quarterback can come is one that does that has accuracy issues, a.k.a. Blaine Gabbert, um, Blake Bortles, because typically in this league, if you don't have accuracy by the time you're drafted, it's not going to just click after that. So that's one thing that's that's a no go for me. And um, I, partly part of it is because of his mechanics and he, he doesn't have the best mechanics in the world. But like I say, that not, that's not to take anything from him. I love watching him as a runner and just, I mean, for entertainment perspective, uh, he's a highlight reel. And, you know, he would bring some excitement in terms of that to Jacksonville. But he, he's not really all that good of a passer, which he will need to do when he comes into this league. So, um, Jacob, what's your take on it? Yeah, and that's a big no for me. I'm I'm good. Like, I'm good. Because <laughs> I just look at Lamar, and every time I watch him, like, go back and watch, ignore the Florida State game where they put a 70-piece on our head. That was a fluke. I see Marcus Vick every time I watch Lamar Jackson. I see a bigger Marcus Vick. Think about it. Marcus wasn't that accurate at Vontech, but he could ball, and he could take off. And like his brother, he's gone. Now you see him, now you don't. Right. Right. And that's what I see with Lamar Jackson. I see Marcus Vick. Mm-hmm. And Marcus Vick did not translate well as a pro at all. No. Matter of fact, I think they moved on the wide out at one point. Yeah, yeah, they did. Which I see yeah. with, with Jackson. Like when I look at Jackson, like his like when you look at that's another thing is his size. I mean he has decent height at six three, if six three is his right height you know is that it, that is indeed the correct height for them should i say for him i will give him six feet <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying like i question that though and like i mean when i look at him on the field he looks a lot like rashad green in terms of body size and height and weight which i mean that also scares me and you have to wonder like how much how much more can he put on that frame to begin with so that's another issue i mean hey that's what i see i see marcus vick and i just came to me i see shoelaces too a little bit, yeah, I can see that for sure. I see the looseness of shoelaces. Not as good as a passer's shoelaces, but that's what I see, and neither one of those panned out as pros at quarterback. I could be wrong, but I feel like Lamar coming to Jacksonville is not the right setup for him. 
Nope. There's a no-go for me, too. Like, send him to Seattle, send him to Arizona. That's more fitting for him. Just, we don't need another bad quarterback in Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, we got to get it right. We got to get it right. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely agree with those... Uh, uh, um, you know, those takes on Lamar Jackson, I think he's very entertaining to watch. Uh, love, love seeing him right now. Um, but definitely don't think he'd be the right fit here in, in Jacksonville. Um, we, we, the way that everything is shaping up, it looks like that, you know, we'll, we'll probably have another, another top pick, unfortunately. Um, and there's a, there's a pretty impressive quarterback class, at least on paper. That's, uh, that may be coming out into Sam Darnold. That's a name that's kind of up in the air. You've been hearing reports that he may stay at USC for another couple of years. Um, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, um, a guy that I see a lot around here being in big 12 country here in, in Texas, um, Mason Rudolph, just some of the names of the prospects that may be, um, in the first round discussion for, for next year. So, We'll see. Lamar Jackson definitely don't think he would be a, a, a good fit here. I think we're all in agreement on that. Um, the next, uh, um, the next guy, next name that uh, we've been hearing a lot of lately because of the uh, situation he's in, Kirk Cousins. Um, if if the writing was on the wall, I think he if he were to go anywhere, it would be San Francisco. But I think he would go uh, if he wants to make his money. You know, we can we can definitely we can definitely show him that. What do you guys think of the possibility of Kirk Cousins maybe coming here? Or if he wants to win, he'll go elsewhere than San Francisco because they are um, very bad right now. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I mean, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's a necessarily a given that he'll go there. Um, I, and somebody on ESPN did say, you know, we, we got a chance due to money. And I mean, when you look at if you were talking about in terms of team structure and who's better. Yeah, I think we got to leg up on san francisco and then of course we can offer him more so we can win if it was just them in the picture i, I believe i mean then we got the defense to to um compliment him on the other side so i mean even so like if other teams get involved i kind of do like our chances and um you know i would i wouldn't be opposed as opposed to that i mean i'll be fine with it should i say when i'm um, looking at it tom coughlin knows quarterbacks so he would only go after people that, you know, he feels like would be a good fit. And if he went after Cousins, I'd be totally okay with that. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. if I'm Cousins, logically you think Cousins is going one or two places. He's either going to San Fran to waste away a couple of years of his career, <laughs> or he's going to L.A. to the Chargers to waste away a couple of years of his career because <laughs> both head coaches are his former offensive coordinators. Honestly, though, I wouldn't mind Cousins in uh, Jacksonville. He did pretty good in Washington with questionable to very good weapons at times. Mm -hmm. We clearly, I feel like we have a better receiving core than Washington does. So I could see Cousins. Plus, I'm just thinking of the image of Cousins scoring a game-winning touchdown, (laughs) a game-winning touchdown drive, and then walking to the sideline and looking either Coughlin or Doug Marone dead in the face and going, huh? Like me now? How about that? And <laughs> then I'm like happy. That? I'm happy. Do you like that? Huh? <laughs> Do you? <laughs> I would pay money to see that, actually. Him, like, all up in Coughlin's face. <laughs> That's all I want. Where does Cousins come to Jax? I need that to happen. I mean, what, all, what more does the guy have to do? I mean, I, I love that he's just betting on himself. He's like, all right, I mean, if you want to pay me the franchise tag money. I'll take it. That's that's fine with me. If you want to keep doing it, like there's there's gonna be a huge market for him. Uh, if I were if I were him, I, was, I would love for to see him here as well. I think uh, I, I was campaigning for him um, when uh, when RG three was still their quarterback. Um, I was 
Uh, I wanted him here uh, during that time when he had shown that he had the ability to play. Ultimately, I, I, if I were Kirk Cousins, I would go to I would consider a place like Arizona if, if it's if it's financially possible. Some something like that. Denver. Who knows what's going to happen with their quarterback situation? Somewhere, if you want, if he values, we're going to find out a lot about Kirk Cousins if he values winning or if he values money. And either one is is perfectly fine. You know this. Playing in the NFL is just, it's such a short term thing. Get your money, man. Like, do whatever you, you have to do. If, I don't think anybody's, I don't think Kirk Cousins is worried about his legacy right now. You know what I'm saying? So, get your money. Um, what, what is it like? And this may go a little bit offside. Where does Kirk Cousins rank in quarterbacks? I mean, is he a top 15 guy? I mean, he's not, you, you can t- think of probably 10, 12 guys that he's not better than right now, right? I mean, he's not better than, uh, you know, of course, the usual Brady Rogers, Roethlisberger. Breeze, um, Ryan. He's in Flacco Ryan. country. Matt Ryan. Flacco. Do you, is he better He's than in Flacco country? Scott. Is he right? Is he better than Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota? Is like that's his group, right? He's better than Mariota. I don't know about Jameis. There's not enough to compare it. What about Matthew Stafford? Matthew Stafford's had an amazing and like a great career. I think we talked about this before. If Matthew Stafford were to win a Super Bowl, he's probably going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Matthew Stafford one, is better than Cousins, in my opinion. He's if if we're putting them together, I think Stafford is better than Cousins. I think Cousins just has had better situations than Stafford. He's not better than Russell Wilson, is he? No. Mm-mm. Like I said, he's in so that he's Flacco, that like Stafford, that Rivers area is where somewhere he's between, Eli. That's where he goes like right now. Thirteen to sixteen, right? I guess thirteen to somewhere between thirteen and seventeen, something right, around those. Right. You know, it was an insider that t- uh, tweeted about this too. I forgot who it was, and um, they were saying they, you know, they just asked around after all of this went down yesterday or day before yesterday. You know, some executives. Um, how they felt on Kirk Cousins and where they would rank him. And a lot of them ranked him in the top 15, around that 13 area. So, I mean, that's how the executives feel, at least. And um, if if that's the case, then, you know, that'll really help the Jaguars if they can land him. Here's a better comparison. Is he better than um, Andy Dalton and I just saw Alex Smith? Is he better than those two? Smith, yes. I don't know about Dalton. He might, him and Dalton might be I'll neck and neck. Wherever he's gone, though, he's always like, maybe his first two years in San Francisco were a little off, but he's always won. Like, where do you value that? Where as uh, Kirk Cousins is more impressive as a you know when he does, but Alex Smith is winning. Yeah, but the problem with Alex Smith, everybody's going to say he's a game manager and that he got knocked out and gave birth to Kaepernick. <laughs> Wow. So you kind of take that away as to say, was he a product of the system in San Fran? Is he a product of the system now? Well, Fat Andy knows how to work quarterback, so <laughs> you tell me. Lord Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, I've never liked Alex. I mean, I won't say I, I've never liked him, but that game manager type mentality don't cut it for me. So, like, for me, regardless of if he's a better quarterback than Cousins or not, like, I'm going to always put Cousins above him just for the simple fact that I just don't like game managers. So, <laughs> I'm the type, <laughs> I don't know. I can't, out here. Yeah, yeah, I can't really, you know. I would yeah. still take Tony Romo over Kirk Cousins. Tony Romo for Jaguars quarterback 2018, I believe. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I would rather I mean, take Bortles than Romo right now. I did mention I that, you know, we, we are adequate at pass blocking. So, you know, if we want to go out there and start slinging it, 
You know, it wouldn't be it might not be an issue for Romo, but Romo said he ain't coming back. So and I believe him too. I believe him. If you if you take Romo, we're setting ourselves up to have our heart broken. Cause it's gonna come down to like some AFC title game or a playoff game. Right. <laughs> it's gonna be like third and fifteen, about a minute left. All we need to do is get in field goal range, and he's gonna go for the bomb and it's running back the other way. No, I'm not I'm not doing that to myself. I don't know about you, Phil. Hey, look, but I don't I need would, that in my life. As Jaguar like, fans, it, we it, should be happy with even getting into the playoffs, let alone <laughs> the division champion. If you know what, I would take that as opposed to all these years of losing. I would take losing like that in the divisional championship over over how it's gone over the last couple eight years, man. I, for real, for nah. real. <laughs> I'm for nah. real, man. And don't I, even tease me I like that. I don't even other Jags fans would too. <laughs> I would just like to say uh, that that is the. Uh, the, uh, that I just pulled off the Skip Bayless of sports podcasting where it took us maybe half an hour to mention Tony Romo. So thank you very much, guys. I was able to pull it off. So uh, pretty impressive, I think. But regardless, I think uh, all of us are in agreement. Kirk Cousins here would definitely be an upgrade. I would love to see it. When it, I, I think if you really took a, made a list, half the teams in the league would probably be bidding, bidding for bidding. That's not a word. Bidding for his services um, so we'll, we'll see how that all, all plays out. And then the very last name here that we, uh, we have notated is true breeze. Um, that, that guy's had quite a bit of success in the league and thinking of him with, uh, weapons like Leonard Fournette and Allen and, and the Allen brothers. And, uh, um, it's pretty, pretty, pretty dang intriguing. Um, he played, as we mentioned before, under Doug Marone back in, uh, uh, 2008, what do you think, guys? Drew Brees in black and teal? I would love to see it for sure. And I mean, I think they they have a decent chance of it happening if he becomes a free agent. And based, I think what this boils down to for the Saints is if they can give him an extension whenever the window opens, or not an extension, but you know, come to some kind of some terms with him. Uh, because if he walks out that door, it's over at that point. And like I said, they can't franchise him supposedly. They can't. I don't know like how that works and whatnot. But um, that being said, he's another thing is he said he's only going to play one more year, or that's the consensus at least, or people feel like that's how he feels. So I mean, like it would give the Jaguars a one-year window if they can land him. But um, as I was saying, if you're Doug Marone, you pull him in that room, that film room, you show him what the Jaguars were in 2015 which to me is a lot reminiscent of what the saints were in their super bowl run Allen robinson reminds me a lot of colston and uh you know the other the other weapons we got around kind of remind me of that saints offense um i mean and let alone doug marone used the same system so uh that being said you know you show him that film of what we were in 2015 and i think we got a good shot and not to mention we got that defense that the saints had or it looks like we will have that defense that the saints had in their super bowl run so it'll be a very similar atmosphere uh the issue might be you know if another team comes calling that has a better winning background than us but um other than that i mean i I like our chances if he hits the market yeah i was just about to bring up uh colston and how allen brothers kind of remind me of colston and if we get Breeze, you got about a two, maybe you could talk him into a third year, about a two, three year window and figure that the defense, if they play out like we project them to be. Yeah, I could see that Saints Super Bowl run happening in Jacksonville. Now, the question is, would Drew Breeze even consider, you know, but I mean, that just goes to 
get back to like the relationship between him and Marone. That would greatly help. And then, I mean, Tom Coughlin is a convincing guy and a respected guy. And I mean, you would think Drew Brees would, you know, talk with him and, you know, get pick his mind, this, that, and the other. Plus, it's an easy way to guarantee yourself a playoff berth. Think about it. Because look, AFC East, you got to deal with the Patriots. Not even worth it. AFC North, you got to go through the Ravens, the Steelers, the Bengals. Forget about it. NFC South, where he currently is, that division rotates itself so often that nah, they kill each other throughout the year. AFC West, you have the Chiefs, the Broncos, the Raiders. No thanks, I'm good on that. NFC North, you got the Steelers, I mean the Packers and the Vikings. NFC West, you have the uh, Seahawks, Cardinals. It just makes sense if he wants to leave. Just slide on down, hop on I-10, and just, you know, come east to Jacksonville. Yeah, I, I never thought of that, Jacob. That's a good point. Like, this is an easy way to, uh, at least until the playoffs. I mean, aside from, like, the Texans' defense, you yes, know, it's it really is. no, yeah, that's it's really no roadblocks for him. So, yeah, that, that, would, that definitely would be uh, something to consider if you're Drew Brees. Yes, the Texans' defense and the Titans' offense. What kind of... And of season do we have to have in order att- in order to attract a guy forget even just drew Brees, but a guy like kirk cousins like what does the team have to go six and ten seven and nine they have to be in a lot of close games with good teams so the success of the team really it's kind of it's, you're kind of in a tough spot do you want the team to be bad again and draft one of these young guys one of these quarterbacks coming out or do you want to have one of those seasons where all of a sudden people are like this team is a quarterback away, which is something I feel like we've been saying for the forever, where all the pieces have never lined up. You know, I, when back when those teams, when we had uh, Rasheen and Double D and, and Henderson and um, and Stroud, and we just kept going through quarterbacks. What is it? Is it Leftwich? Is it Garrard? You know, who is it? We were just uh, if we had that that big time quarterback, I believe that team, that 2011 team, was a Dennis Northcutt catch away from beating that undefeated Patriots team. Do you, do you remember that game? Yes. Like they were in it at halftime, and uh, we just never, we just never put it together with a quarterback. So, where do you like? Where do what do you want from this team? You know, like do you go in all in on one of those younger guys, or do you have one of those middle middle of the pack years where a guy like Kirk Cousins or Drew B says, you know what, this team can win. I'm going to go there and be that difference. Now you go three and thirteen, and you just basically lose all your games because of bad quarterback play. I mean, if you're gonna suck. I'll, I'll just say this. If you're going to be a bad team and you're the Jaguars and you want one of those guys, you got to hope that your defense shows enough to convince that quarterback that, like, okay, they got that side of the ball locked down. You know, it's just a matter of me coming in here and getting with these receivers. So, I don't know. That's a It's a real fine line, you know what I'm saying? But, I, I mean, I don't – because they say Drew Brees basically – is going to play one more year. That's what he's saying, at least, or that's what the perception is. So if you're going to get him, you're definitely going to need a backup plan. So, yeah, it's kind of – that's a hard question to answer, you know. 3-13, and 13, get Breeze. You realize the defense played well. The weapons showed up. It was just a few bad quarterback plays and a couple bad breaks. And at the same time, you go draft you your next quarterback for the future. You go snatch a Sam Donald. Darnold, or you go get a Francois in like the second or third round. 
right. Breeze. You got a teacher. Hey, hey, let's go get that title. <laughs> I mean, Breeze did. You know, he was a guy that brought the Saints from the ashes, so to speak. So maybe he could see a similar opportunity. If the Jags have a bad season, he could see a similar opportunity to do so and basically, you know, bank off of what uh, Jacob just said. You know, hey, they were just a couple bad quarterback plays away from becoming good. Despite what their record says, these guys are pretty good offensively. So that's what you would hope for if they're going to go that route with Breeze, if he even hits the market. Right. Yeah, we're, we're of course, speaking up. In hypotheticals, as uh, you know, we mentioned what well, we will see. What happens? Um, I just don't foresee a, uh, a Drew Brees coming to a team that's three and thirteen. No matter how good the defense is, that's just right. th- just me. So um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But on to the uh, the very last topic that we want to touch on here. Um, we uh, we got a question uh, for for all of us to answer here from our buddy um, uh, uh, Mike Flanagan. Um, at FLA O zero on Twitter, um, which free agent do you guys believe will have the biggest impact between AJ Boye, uh, Calais Campbell, and um, and uh, the safety church that we also signed as well? Who do you out of those three? Who do you guys believe will have the biggest impact year one? Um, definitely Campbell, because the other the other two guys, their success kind of relies on him. The whole defense actually. Their their success relies on Calais Campbell uh, because, I mean, when you look at what the Jaguars issue was on defense, I mean, they were serviceable. They were they were pretty decent. You know, they ranked what six in overall defense. But the the problem always was pressure. They could never consistently get to the quarterback. That's what Calais Campbell was here to do, to allow Jalen Ramsey to get more interceptions, to allow Boye to get more interceptions and to help Barry Church to do that as well so I think he's um not only just the most impactful free agent for you know out of the class but just for the defense in general I'm actually going to say it's going to be Boye because even if Campbell manages by some odd way not to become a disruptive force you can't throw away from Boye because if you do you're throwing a Jalen are you throwing the Coven? Are you throwing the church? I mean, Boye is just going to create so much chaos in that secondary where he'll likely get picks on his own. There'll be the coverage interceptions, and then there'll just be where he just somehow ends up with the ball in his hand. Right, right. Yeah, that's, that's respectable. I mean, my, my concern with that is, like, how long, like, if they don't have a pass rush, which I doubt, I think they re- they will have a very good pass rush. But if they don't, how long can you last in coverage if you're Boye? Or, I mean, I because mean, it's it's kind of hard to do in this day and age of the NFL, especially with the rules with, you you know, with you, you can't hold this, that, and the other, so... I mean, I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. No, he might be good in in elongated coverages, but I don't know. Like, I just think that's hard to do in today's NFL. You're right on that, but also I'm just looking at it. You have a top five cornerback tandem. I don't see both of them getting cooked on the same play where they're stuck out there for seven, six seconds or longer playing in coverage. And Barry Church is pretty decent as a safety, so – not saying he's the best, not saying he's Eric Weddle or anybody, but he's decent enough where he can shade one way and kind of make the quarterback sit there and have to think twice about it to allow time for Boye to recover or Ramsey to recover. Yeah, I was leaning towards Boye as well, and it's very close between him and Campbell, but I, 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 I'm I, going to 
lean towards Campbell because uh, pretty much what, I, what Jay had, had said, you know, that front line just helps everybody. Um, and also, I think he's going to be very important in the locker room. Um, and also similar to, you know, Paul Spicer was he wasn't the best player, but he was just a very important guy in the locker room. He's a fan favorite. I think Calais has the opportunity to do that here. And also, hopefully bringing along um, Dante Fowler and, and Yannick as well. Just being there for those guys and, and teaching them, I think, is, is going to be huge. Um, AJ Boye and, and Jalen Ramsey, man, I'm so excited to see that. That's that's going to be great. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I do also just very slightly lean towards uh, towards Campbell um, because of those, those reasons. All right, guys. Well, that's pretty much all we wanted to touch on today. We thank you so much for – for listening and the continued support just as another reminder you can uh, always listen to the jags den podcast on itunes soundcloud stitcher tune in and audio boom um we're also uh still still actually looking for any uh any additional sponsorships so if you'd like to sponsor the show reach out to uh to james johnson on twitter um we thank you guys so much my name once again phil smith aka phil the filipino f-i-l-i-p-i-n-o uh, gentlemen, why don't you go ahead and uh, um, um, plug what you're working on and your handles where we where we, our, our listeners can find you, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Yeah, um, you all know where to follow me uh, at sportsgrind underscore done at Jags Dan Podcast for the podcast at the Jaguars Wire on Twitter. Um, right now, I'm just working on a, a bunch of um, pieces about training camp coming up. I just put up a piece before this podcast uh, sponsored by Wild Wings or um, whatever uh, for y'all to look at um, about the Jags players that um, are worth potentially reaching on in terms of your fantasy football. I know a lot of people got uh, fantasy football drafts coming up and mocks and whatnot, so uh, feel free to check that out. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, Some radio appearances uh, here and there with Fox Sports, and uh, that's about it. So uh, thanks for tuning in. And yeah, as far as I go, it's the same at underscore J Della on Twitter. And if you're looking for any of my work, non-football related, just check me out over at chessjazzarray.com. Also, make sure you stop by the shop there and cop you a hat or two. And, you know, same old, same old around here. All right, gentlemen. Well, as always, it's been a lot of fun. Um, everybody else, we will uh, we'll, we'll, um, we'll keep you posted on any... Um, breaking Jaguars news. Thank you so much, everybody. Be safe, and we will see you next time. Bye.